0: Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. Let's spend a couple hours on the Patrick Lally Show engaged in energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state and national news and politics, business and development, music and entertainment. We've got it all for you today. Uber producer Dan Peters is in studio with us. As most days, thanks for spending some time with us today through your radio, driving around out there in the greater Sioux Falls area, maybe tuned in at Information 1000 on the car radio, maybe streamed live on KSO.com, in a cubicle farm somewhere or on the KSOO mobile app out on the job site, taking in the show. Remember, you can always follow along on Facebook Live at the KSOO account. You're going to want to follow that anyway. Or our Twitter account at at P-Lally Show, that's P-L-A-L-L-E-Y-S-H-O-W, P-Lally Show on Twitter, where Dan Peters tends to post throughout the show, and you can communicate with us that way, and it's always fun. Say, uh, you know, it's been kind of crappy, it's been kind of rainy, kind of, you know, not so good, right? Not so good. Uh, But yesterday, the skies parted. It It was a nice day, and I think the entire city, and of Sioux Falls, I think the entire city was mowing their lawn at about the same time yesterday because it was finally like lawn mowing kind of weather, and uh, even even my struggling grass got up to a level that I had to uh, 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 consider, give it give it some thought, break out the mower, shake it around a little bit, break off the the, the crud on the inside, and get some gas moving in there. Take a couple of good hard pulls on the old moor. She fired right up. Fired right up, by God! I was I was, I was happy to see that. Uh, but I've got I got a new system. I got a new system. I decided this. I've been working this uh, for a while, and uh, my new system is to basically enslave other members of the household. Yes.
1: Wait! Whoa! Whoa! Yep. Hey! Here! Yep.
0: It's 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 flat out uh, uh, labor violations. So my deal is I taught I taught a nine year old how to how to mow the lawn. Is that too is that too young? Nine? That No. Okay. No, nope. is is that, it a rider or is it a pusher? Oh no no, it's a pusher. It yeah. does have it's self propelled pusher. And the you know, mowers these days, you let go of it and the whole thing shuts down. So in a panic moment, you know, you ah! and everything's okay. But he did pretty well.
1: No, a nine year old is not too not too early. Yeah,
0: So, time. and, you know, the thing about it is, so, of course, I had to bribe him, but he doesn't know the value of money, really. Not, you know, he's got no concept of, like, how much something is actually worth. So, uh, my deal was, I promised him uh, five bucks every time he did the front, five bucks every time he did the back, and if he gets to the point where I don't have to do anything, Except sit in a chair, 20 bucks. That seems, that's reasonable, I'd right? say that's more than fair. Yeah. Now, the getting to the point where I don't have to do anything might be a while. But even if we just get through uh, this year with, you know, some general mowing, knocking down the middle parts, you know, because maneuvering a mower, you know, around curbs and stuff, that can be, you know, when you got a blade running, you could you drop that baby off a curb and you could, Make a lot of noise <laughs>
1: and uh, shoot a few projectiles in the, <laughs> yeah. in the right situation.
0: Yeah, you know, we don't want to do that. So I'm doing. I'm still doing the edges for now. But it, you know, here's the other thing about mowing, learning how to mow a lawn. You, you really can't do it wrong. You know. So the first pass, uh, he struggled with a little bit with the concept of the overlap. So it was more like what you see in the early stages of the uh, of, of of harvesting corn <laughs> you know where it's like 12 rows gone 12 rows up 12 rows go- it was sort of like that for a while did part of the neighbor's lawn which was I thought generous
1: well sure yeah my, hey you know, the kids already feeling a, a bit of sympathy towards mm-hmm. those in close proximity
0: yeah and didn't mean to but did part of the neighbor's lawn and uh we we squared that off it was fine and uh also then uh the neighbor got on board and uh got his kid out there mowing the lawn and so when they were done there was some some uh uh comparing of notes shall we say and i said you know how did it how did it go for you and he's like my arms are my my hands are tingling and my arm well yeah Get some gloves or something. You'll be all right. But that's a, that's a singular experience, right? Learning how to mow the lawn.
1: And it is one that as a homeowner, at least as far as the nine-year-old, there, mm-hmm. that may be a few years down the road. Right. That will be a skill that will come in handy.
0: Well, and as I tried to explain to him, right, is, you, all, you know, you always need money. So you've got, you've got 10 bucks built in for the next several weeks. 10 bucks a week built in from me. Now, if you want to get ambitious, you can spread that business around and, uh, you know, start taking in some other clients once you master the art of the lawnmower.
1: And then shortly after that, the little youngster will have to master the art of the sales tax ID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shh,
0: we're going to keep this on the down <laughs> But that's, you know, that's how I, I that's why I made money when I was a lad. That was the only way you could make, I had a paper route and uh, mowed lawns. And, you know, you didn't really have any other options.
1: I know. Yeah. The, the, those in town positions, you have to, you have to be careful about how you go about making sure that you, you get your, you get your funding in a, in a proper fashion.
0: Yeah, exactly. So he's, he, we'll see if he keeps to it. You know, he 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 enjoyed getting that five spot, I tell you that. So now I will say this, he he declined uh, last night to do the front and the back.
1: You might as well just take off, you yeah. know, bite as much off as the, the little fella can chew. Uh,
0: you know, I'm like, well, I tried, I threw everything I had at him. Like, you know, five bucks is good, ten bucks. Think about ten bucks a week for the next, uh, you know. 10 weeks you got 100 bucks man and 100 bucks to him he seems like that seems like he'd be rich so but he was like you know what i think i'm good with five dollars right now <laughs> it's good not to be greedy i guess or something to that i did however take the opportunity to take a photo a selfie of myself with a uh, an adult beverage sitting in a chair with the background of a, of a nine-year-old mowing the lawn that's getting a lot of traction on social media <laughs>
1: Ooh, on the Twitters.
0: <laughs> yeah, and on the Facebook. So anyway, good times. I've I've got a student now, and I, I it's not, the spring is looking up.
1: No, I mean, you call it an apprentice.
0: Apprentice. Thank you, an apprentice. We've got a great show for you. To, I hope everybody can get an apprentice. Let this be a lesson to you people. There's an apprentice in <laughs> nearly every household. We've got a great show for you today. Our guests include Jody Schwan. You know her as the founder of Sioux Business and a frequent guest on this program, but it's been a while since we had Jody in. We'll chat about business and development and see if she can't, uh, see if we can't, uh, you know, extract a few secrets out of her role uh, as a member of the Paul Tenhaken transition team. We'll uh, we'll ask her a little bit about that, see what she wants to say. Uh, Scott Hudson, Scott Hudson, Scott Hudson is our weird friend of the day. Scott, we're going to talk, uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, baseball stadiums and new music. It's an odd combination, but we got some stuff for you there. KSFY Chief Meteorologist Phil Schreck will preview the weekend weather at about 4 o'clock, and I'll have a PL statement just after the break. Today's topic China. China. Stay close. This is The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And it's 3.20 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And we come into that time of the day when it's the P&L statement where we look through the news and chat a little bit. Always introduced by our friends the Bodines. And we'll get a little closer to free. And uh, the thing I noticed today is uh, this whole thing with Jaina, okay, and... So apparently, and this is kind of flabbergasting to me, but, uh, you know, this is the story. Uh, here's, this is from the New York Times. In about face on trade, Trump vows to protect ZTE jobs in China. And the lead there is, as China and the United States go toe-to-toe on trade and maneuver ahead of a historic North Korea meeting next month, an unlikely obstacle has emerged. A second-tier Chinese electronics maker, ZTE, the company said last week that it had halted major operation activities after being penalized by the United States Department of Commerce on Sunday morning. President Trump surprised many in Washington when he indicated willingness to rethink the punishment. He also appeared to walk back from brinkmanship that has led threatened the United States trade talks with China. And then he this is the tweet. He said he was working with his Chinese counterpart, uh I'm sorry, Xi Jinping, to prevent the collapse of the company, which employs 70,000, 75,000 people is a lot. He says, too many jobs in China lost. Commerce Department has been instructed to get it done. So this is what I don't understand about that, okay? We're apparently in a trade war with China. Or we're like on the brink of a trade war with China in which they are threatening, or they've already uh, said they're putting in place uh, new tariffs on agricultural goods, soybeans, corn, beef, pork, all of that, all the stuff that we make here. And because uh, the president says that a Chinese company can't buy their parts for their phones in the United States, they're going to go out of business. But it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Too many jobs in China lost. So what I don't get about it is that's fine. So you want to be nice to the Chinese because we're in the middle of these negotiations and we've got North Korea coming up. But it seems to me that we're picking and choosing which companies are going to have to live under our rules and which ones aren't. So how is that good trade policy? How is that any trade policy it's certainly not free market trade policy. It's the heavy hand of government in the worst way. It's government saying, this company over here, we're going to let them buy these products from us, but that company over there doesn't get to. Not just country by country, but company by company. I, I really, this is bizarre to me. Bizarre. You either believe in free markets or you don't. Is there some concession where uh, South Dakota farmers are not going to have to abide by Chinese tariffs, but Nebraska farmers are? I mean, what's going to happen there? I still have not heard. The only thing I've heard about the uh, possible uh, uh, help that farmers may get is some sort of cash payment and Trump saying everything's going to be okay. Well, what's he why are we saving Chinese jobs in the tech industry, which this by the way is the industry in which our secrets are actually being stolen. These are the companies that are using and stealing our ideas and trade secrets. These are the people that we're going to allow to still buy our products and deconstruct and then use our technology. That's going to be okay because it's 75,000 jobs in China. Why? None of it makes any sense. It's just the convenience of the moment. It's not a policy. Free trade is good trade. The market does work. But you can't make case by case interruptions in policy. The more you do that, the less you have a policy and the more you're upsetting the market. I'm at a loss here, completely at a loss. One of the things that China is trying to do is the Made in China 2025 campaign, and which is all about building self-reliance, right? So that they won't have to buy parts from the United States. And we're totally against that, right? Because we don't want them to do that. We want them to buy stuff from us, and yet we're putting trade barriers. I, it's flabbergasting to me flabbergasting and nobody seems to be able to explain it about the president's tweet a white house spokeswoman this is from the times lindsey walters said that mr trump expected that commerce secretary wilbur l ross jr would exercise his independent judgment consistent with applicable laws and regulations to resolve the regulatory action involving zte based on its facts well, the facts are you told them they couldn't buy the parts just like every other Chinese company. These are companies that are directly related to the Chinese government, and they've been stealing our secrets. That has been the problem forever. The technology sector, not steel and aluminum. I, I'm at a loss. I just don't, I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on with trade. Uh, the American farmers being left out of the equation, near as I can tell, Until somebody explains to me different, other than it's going to be okay. It's the bottom line on today's P&L statement. Agree or disagree with me, send me an email, patrick at Kso.com. I look forward to hearing from you and your ideas and suggestions and, frankly, explanations. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to chat with Scott Hudson of Weird Friends fame. We'll find out. He's got some stuff going on. So we're going to talk to Scott for a while. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 335 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And its replacements means only one thing. And one thing only. It's Scott Hudson on Weird Friends. Scott, thanks for uh, taking some time for us today. No problem. Um, So uh, I'm wondering if you have been paying attention to, there's been a lot of talk recently about uh, uh, baseball stadiums. (laughs) And I know you're a guy who likes to pay attention to facilities, right? And we talk about buildings. Does it seem like we talk about buildings a lot?
2: Probably more than we should.
0: Yeah. So but we
2: have for years and years.
0: Yeah, you know, it took us however long to get an event center. I heard, I heard the mayor getting interviewed on public radio today about, you know, his legacy and all that. And, you know, the event center was a big deal. It took forever to get it built. And the aquatic center took forever to get that built. And, uh, you know, we just like to fight about these things. And the latest one is whether or not they should tear down the baseball stadium, Canary Stadium, the Birdcage, Sioux Falls Baseball Stadium, and and build a new one downtown. And I thought to myself, hmm, I wonder what Scott Hudson thinks about this.
2: (laughs) You're probably the only person that was wondering that. (laughs) Yeah, well,
0: that and you were on the show today, so no. Because Um, you always have a good perspective on these things.
2: Well, I mean, the Canaries are fun. I, I, You know, I don't go to many games, but I, but I enjoy myself when I do come, go to the games. My dad's had season tickets from day one. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand why we, as taxpayers the city, are supposed to basically fund a single-use project just for the Canaries. Which, by the way, they're not even a AAA or AA team. This is, again, nothing against them. They're fun games. It's kind of the lowest of the professional baseball. One of the lowest, I should say. Yeah. I don't want to say the lowest. And so I, I don't know why we would spend public money on something that would only be used by one private company.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you could use it for other things. I mean.
2: Yeah. The, the, I mean, I've heard people say, oh, well, we could have concerts there. Well, you know, I went to a couple concerts at Canary Stadium. And it was never really fun because they were always so worried that we were going to ruin their pristine infield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we got a lot of concert facilities nowadays. You know, the Levitt thing is being built, mm-hmm. and you know, the fairgrounds has always existed, and yeah, and not to mention the event center and everywhere else. I, I don't know if there is any demand for another outdoor venue. Yeah, so what don't... would this be used for? And I just, I just don't see. You know, there's going to be a couple thousand people that go to these games, no matter what. I don't see them getting. You know, outside of the first season. I don't see them getting an attendance boost because they have a new stadium. Mm-hmm. This isn't like the Minnesota Twins where everybody wanted to go see the fancy $100 million stadium. Mm-hmm. This is still a, a minor league baseball team that, you know, it's something to do if you want to sit out and outside and drink beer on a summer night.
0: Which is lovely. Yeah. And I that's the i think for me that's the issue it's like i want it to happen i think it's a i think it's a great idea i think it would be awesome but then i'm like first of all where are you going to put it because it's going to be yeah. it would be tough to wedge it in downtown there's no obvious spot anymore the that land is worth too much money on the east bank it's not going to be there yeah. you could maybe you know there's the post office building which was going to close at one point now there's still people in there but it you know that's a I guess that's a possibility, but it wouldn't. I don't know that it would fit in there. My the place that I actually would like to see a baseball stadium again is over by Drake Springs, where the original Howard Woodfield was. And there's a you know, it's an old Sears building now that's full of uh, state employees. That's it's not like that's a valuable building. There's some room over there, so maybe that's it. But still, it's going to be really expensive.
2: Yeah, and and is, don't they play like an eighty game season?
0: Yeah, something like that. It's not so that it'd be long.
2: only it'd be only forty forty days out of the year it would be used. Yeah, I I just is, we have built so many things under the Huther administration, and we have built up so much debt mm-hmm. that even though the city is in pretty good shape financially, I don't know if you want if you wanted to like jump right in and add add more to that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, Maybe. if I could snap my fingers and make it happen, yeah, I think it'd be cool, but I don't see it happening. I yeah, just, I just yeah, don't. I Are you? Uh, uh, but you, you like? I mean, we'll see you out at the game. So this, this yeah, Sunday. well,
2: yeah. I mean, you know, you know, if it's built, I'll still go to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to hold myself not go. out before. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's sort of like the event center, though. It, it, you know. Somewhere along the line, um, if, you, if you just didn't like how they were doing it or necessarily maybe where it was built, you became anti-event center. And I, I think everybody wanted a new event center. I did. I know. was kind
2: of proven wrong on the whole thing. I didn't, I didn't think that it would do as well as it has done. So, um, you know, kudos.
0: It Takes a big for- man it takes a big man to admit he's wrong, Scott.
2: <laughs> well, I'm, I, mean, I am a fatty. Yeah. It
0: takes a, it takes a bigger man to make fun of that man. But, <laughs> um, what was it? There was something else I was going to, Oh, uh, but are, you're a sports guy, but do you gamble? Are you, did you see this Supreme I Court I have. Game?
2: Yeah. I, I read, I've, I've known about this lawsuit that New Jersey's had for quite a long time because they want to have on site sports gambling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, So today, yeah, it was Supreme Court ruled that New Jersey can have sports gambling, which basically means that any state now that wants to have it Mm -hmm. can do it. That's how I understand how that works, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. So uh, across the hall here at our sister station, 99.1 ESPN, Jeff Turn, the host of their show over there, uh, he was over here before we started, and we were talking about this, like, will South Dakota do it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was kind of wondering that, too. I mean, this, um, I kind of would doubt that they would, but here's here's the funny thing to me about it. Um, for decades and decades, gambling and sports, it was like the, I mean, gambling was like the worst thing ever for anyone who plays on any team or coaches any team or referees any games. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there were players in multiple leagues suspended, for being associated with gamblers, mm-hmm. let alone gambling, and there's been a couple point shaving instances over the years so i it 's kind of funny how gambling is now accepted as, 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 by the sports community I mean the NBA wants this big time yeah I, I understand
0: I was kind of surprised by that, but apparently they they're all behind it
2: yeah um, but I do, as far as like South Dakota doing it i don't i don 't know who if we would have the infrastructure to make that work, but I just, we both know some bookies around town that yeah. probably aren't real happy with us.
0: Yeah. I don't, you know, would people quit going to a bookie and like bet at, where would you, you know, I just don't know how it would.
2: work. Well, I'll bet I bet somebody will set something up online. It will be technically through Nevada or something. I mean, people were doing online gambling before. Oh Yeah. It's
0: just offshore. You know, and
2: even after it was banned, uh, you know, offshore places were offering it. It never stopped anybody. So mm-hmm. I would imagine, you know, you could, you potentially could legally bet on the NBA playoffs here. Some, you know, online at some point.
0: And if I can do it online on my phone, you know, out of New Jersey, what are they going to do to stop me? You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So it's but effectively. will that hurt our gambling in this state? No,
0: probably not. Those are. Yeah. It was oh, no. D-Gen Gambler sitting in a vidlot joint. <laughs> yeah, uh, good point. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I say D-Gen in the most affectionate way possible, meaning me. <laughs> no. uh, but,
2: I mean, I mean, New Jersey can do this because they, obviously, with Atlantic City, already have it set up, and they were planning on doing this anyway. Mm-hmm. Vegas, they'll have to hit a couple buttons and everything's right, you know, easy to do there. So... As far as other states go, it just seems like it would take a lot of infrastructure
0: and regulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we probably aren't going to do that. If there's some way we can get a cut off it, we will, but yeah. that want not happen. Uh, hey, Scott, I want to talk to you about music. So we're going to hold you through the commercial here. Uh, we're going to talk about new music, which is a blast. And uh, so we'll be right back with Scott Hudson on We Are Friends. This is The Patrick Lally Show, information 1000 KSOO. You 348 on the patrick lally show information 1000 KSOO, and we continue our conversation in this very special edition of weird friends with scott hudson because scott i wanted to ask you about new music uh, okay. Because you do, do you, you do a new music show on your podcast every month?
2: Yes, uh, uh, the first Friday because my show's on Friday. The first Friday of every month, while you know, Super Bowl's people are downtown, I'm sitting in my bedroom doing a two-hour show of nothing but new releases.
0: And it, it broadcasts live on uh, yes, and work and tell people about that. Where I can watch, listen to that you again? Can,
2: you can listen live at realpunkradio.com. Uh, For more info on the individual shows, you could go to scotthudson.blogspot.com or, you know, just go to iTunes, type in The Ledge. Mm -hmm. You'll find it there.
0: Yeah. So I was listening on Friday um, and I I didn't get to listen too long, but I I did get to uh, catch some new stuff. And the thing that came to my mind was, is there enough good new music to fill a two-hour show like that every month or how how much of a struggle you is know that i to actually
2: do? it how ha- you know when i first started doing it, it sure it was a bit of a struggle um but the last couple of years have been very very strong for for new music and and granted some of these some of these records i play i it might be the only time i listen to them you know but it's new and it fits kind of the sound of what i'm doing let's see if it's any good mm-hmm. um but actually i've had a couple in recent months where I've actually gone into overtime. It's like, wow, I still have all these songs I haven't played that I wanted to play. You know, uh, we'll just go on for another hour. You know, <laughs> why, why not? i got nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You've got the airwaves. Um, yeah, so I, I think when it when it comes to, to the under, I don't want to say underground, because my stuff isn't that underground, but when it comes to like garage rock and indie rock and Americana, there are so many bands these days. That it's it's really not that hard to fill a two hour show.
0: So um, one of the things that I was interested in, you were talking about and uh, played a little bit, is uh, Billy Joe from uh, Green Day, right? Yeah, yeah. One of the you know one of the most successful bands of certainly the '90s, but also the '2000s. Very, very. He's got a new band.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's done this a few times over the years where he starts a side project. Um, he's got a new one now. It's called The Long, Long Shot. Now, I haven't been a big, big fan of the last couple Green Day records. I thought they'd been a little too produced. Um, just didn't have the songs. But this new record, uh, it's it's he's really getting his kinks and Paul Westerberg influences out front.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what I thought of when I heard... We got. I got this queued up. We'll just. It's called "Love Is for Losers." It's the long shot, and it's uh, Billy Joe of uh, Green Day. Let's see if we can make this make this happen through the magic of radio. Here we go. So, I mean, that's a rock and roll song there, isn't and it? That,
2: yeah, that guitar riff could have been on the same Replacements album that you used to play me in every week.
0: Yeah, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, you know some of the Tommy Stinson bands of the Yeah, Bash four. and Pop. Yep, Bash and Pop. Uh, that's exactly well, the funny what thing I thought.
2: Is, the funny thing is, um, when the Replacements did their reunion tour two years ago, uh, Billy Joe had nothing to do, so he ended up playing... Third, technically, third guitar for like four or five shows, right okay. around this time of the year. Yeah.
0: Well, maybe that sort of uh, reinvigorated or reignited his uh, creative spirit.
2: Yeah, it could be. I hope so. The thing is, I, another thing that's interesting is uh, they had to postpone their tour a little bit because one of the band members got became ill. So just yesterday, he released uh, two two-inch, I mean, two-song singles. And an EP of cover. So it's like he must really be bored in wanting to just, like, make music, you know, as much as he can.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Get, well, you know, you go through periods in life, right, where you, you just want to do something. And uh, I, it's probably kind of hard when you're somebody like him where you had this big, iconic band, right? Yeah. And everything you do from now on.
2: It's gonna be compared to that.
0: Compared to that, you know, and... Even if you want to do something completely different and you thought your last couple albums were garbage, it's just got to be difficult for a guy
2: like that. Oh, him. yeah, yeah. I mean, the expectations, in fact, I was reading an article today, it was actually about the Arctic Monkeys, you know, a British band that was super, super big for a few albums. They just put out a new record and they and the, the guy, the lead guy, I can't remember his name, and he was talking about how... You know, when you get to a certain level, everything is then judged by the sales of that level, and you really don't want it. you can't take any chances mm-hmm. because you don't want to screw up that formula, and, and apparently, I haven't heard this record yet, but he says, we we just said, screw that for this one. We're going to do what we want.
0: Well, that's pretty cool. Well, uh, this is uh, The Long Shot, Love is for Losers, and it was on the new music show uh, of Scott Hudson's, which is Every, every first Friday of the month or whatever it is and, uh, but it's every Friday night uh, The Ledge on Real Punk Radio and uh, iTunes and Scott Hudson Blogspot.com Scott, thanks for filling us in on some new music I really appreciate it
2: I Always, always happy to spread the word
0: Coming up next after the news and weather we're going to talk about uh, business and development of Jody Schwan in the second hour, stick with us this is the Patrick Lally Show Information 1000 KSOO Three fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Coming up on Saturday, Walk MS. The registration at eight a.m. The walk starts at ten a.m. at Cherry Rock Park. That's over on East Eighteenth Street. Benefit for Multiple Sclerosis Society. Easy for me to say. Coming up after the break, we're gonna have Jody Schwann in here about four fifteen. Little Phil Shrek for the weather. Stay close. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Four fifteen on the Patrick Wiley Show. Information one thousand K S O O. And I am very pleased to have back in the studio with us frequent guest, friend of the show, founder of Sioux Falls dot business, and uh, a recent recently in the news for other reasons that we'll talk about here in a second. But Jody Schwan, thanks for being here, Jody. Thank you
3: for having me back. It feels like a long time.
0: Well, I think it has been a long time. That
3: probably means we have a lot to talk about.
0: Well, you know, I think you're right because the since you were here last, which may be a couple of months. You know, oh, wow. it got it got nicer and the building picks up and, and just people start going places.
3: Mm, oh, this is always a busy time of year for us. And really it's never slowed down. I I think one of the bigger surprises was January, February being so full of business news. And typically that's preparation time, getting ready for construction season and all that. But um yeah, just within the last few weeks, it's the season of openings. So, yeah. um, you know, we can just name them off here, but uh, I really had one after the other last week alone. Uh, I think we started out with Flyboy Donuts over on the east side, and then we. Huge. Huge. Uh, <laughs> more convenient to my office, both a good and a bad thing for me. Yeah. Uh, we work with Flyboy from time to time. We do these popular donut drops. So, uh, readers, that's good news for you because it means. More chances to win ahead because it's a little bit easier for us to go do those deliveries now. But uh, they did a great job with the space. It's the old flour mill. They gave it sort of a retro aviation look. And, uh, boy, the East side was excited to, uh, oh, to yeah. welcome them. This isn't the last you're going to hear from Flyboy. Um, they've got some more growth plans and oh, cool. uh, some more probably sooner than later. So um, I'm really excited for them. They've got a great business going on.
0: I actually stopped by the original Flyboy yesterday, Sunday, got some coffee at Scooters. And about noon, I'm like, oh. Get me a donut, and uh, by Sunday, like at noon, they were c- almost completely cleaned out.
3: Get there early. Oh, That's my the thing gosh. to do for sure. Yeah, uh, today they were offering 50 cent donuts. I got a text from them, which must have meant a little oversupply. That's the nice thing, uh, you know, uh, they'll either discount or they're very, very generous with uh, the leftovers at yeah. the end of the day, they and they have a local. truck
0: or a trailer or some sort of donut machine that goes around. Well, and
3: that's actually how they ended up going to the east side because they had this food truck, really. You know, they sell Mm -hmm. donuts out of it, and they were moving it around last year, and they had such good sales from the east side that it just uh, confirmed their decision to to open the store there. So I think they'll, once they get the store up and rolling, then they'll probably bring out the truck, and uh, you'll see that in other places, too.
0: Before I let you, before we go into the business stuff, though, i got to bring up the fact that, um I, I don't know why I was surprised, but I was surprised that you were named to the Paul Tenhaken transition team. I thought your days of government were behind you, Jody. I did, After too, all those years as chief of staff to Munson.
3: And you know what, though? When I went into government, I figured my media days were behind me and I couldn't <laughs> have been more wrong there. So I yeah. don't know. Maybe I'm just destined to make this continual circle. Uh, this is a little bit more of a detour, though. Somebody uh, stopped me over the weekend. They said, I'm so glad you're getting back into politics. And I was quick to say, just for a little bit, just a little bit. And it's volunteer. Um, but Yeah, there's no money. No. <laughs> um, no, I was happy to be asked. You know, I I think it always is nice to feel like your experience uh, is valuable for somebody. Hopefully, this is a uh, first for the former government to have a transition team for us. You know, uh, the previous mayors didn't do it, so uh, I'm excited to see how we're used and uh, what it's going to look like. And yeah, just glad to be a part of it. We had our first meeting last week. Uh, Good meeting. You know, a little bit of getting to know you. I know, I know most of the group. A lot of us have government experience. It's really uh, more of a list of former you know city officials, elected officials, um, not political in nature, I didn't get that sense at all. It's um, more to, it is truly it's truly
0: kind of an advisory team.
3: Yeah, and it's it's much more about trying to figure out the organization. I mean if you think about it, it's over, it'd be overwhelming for anyone, but you come in and you're essentially the CEO of a nearly 1300 person organization. Uh, 12 departments, they're, they're spread out all over the community, different functions. And you've got a city council to work with. Um, then many of them are brand new too. So you know they're they're trying to figure out their roles. You're trying to figure out the dynamics with them. Uh, within your first 60 60-90 days, you have to propose a more than four hundred million dollar budget. Uh, you have to assess uh, your top people and uh you've got to move pretty quickly and oh and all the while by the way it's all public and you have to be mm-hmm. communicating you've got um, in many 000, different forums yep yeah so um I was going
0: to call them shareholders 200,000 shareholders out there who have constant access to you
3: uh the first thing paul said to me when i came in for the meeting was this is like drinking from a fire hose and that's exactly right um yeah. it it can feel like you've just got so much coming at you so I, I think he means to, uh, to vet things with us, He ask a lot of questions. That's really what that first meeting was. It was a lot of questions. And uh, how did we do things? And, you know, I mean, I've been gone for eight years, a lot changes. So you, you never want to be one of those people who comes in and says, well, back when I was here, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's the only way to be. Uh, it's a guide. But I think it's just as much for us to sort of learn about where is the organization today. More importantly, where is it headed? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the opportunities out there? What kind of suggestions might we make um, to help them capitalize on that? So, um, it, it'll be interesting for sure.
0: The uh, uh, when I looked at it, I was um, I was su- surprised just that he did it necessarily. I think it's a good idea. I've said it on the program, I think it's a good idea. Uh, having uh, two former mayors on there, Hanson and your former boss Dave Munson. And uh, Erica Beck, who's got government experience. You, um, uh, uh, Ann Hayek is on there. Also some government experience and some business experience. So it's really, yep. it's a pretty cross section of folks.
3: And Anne can speak as both a city councilor as yep. well as a county commissioner. So, you yep. know, that's important. Don Hill, our Don, former fire yep. chief, um, you know, huge contributor. Jim Schmidt also can speak. Um, and Jim's great. The, yeah. And, and he wears multiple hats in the community and uh yeah it's it's just a really good group we bring a lot of diverse perspectives uh i'm sure no shortage of opinions um but it'll be fun
0: what's your uh, what was or is your advice to uh the mayor as he takes over in these first you know he says 100 days he's got a 100 day plan but six months what when you uh in the in the when you boil it down what's the piece of advice you give him
3: well, I think actually uh, our former coworker, Joe Sneavy, did a great job capturing some of this in the headline. He he sat into part of the transition um, committee meeting, transition team meeting, mm-hmm. and the headline that he came away with had to do with relationships. And, and I don't know if the word that he used was rebuilding or repairing, mm-hmm. you know. Yes, in some cases, that's probably necessary, but it's more just building. You know, I mean, in a lot of cases, these are clean slates. You're building relationships, and so when people will remember the first impression, uh, they'll remember what you talked about. They'll remember the fact that you reached out to them. And I know when I took over uh, my job, it felt like it was just stacked with meetings um, when I was chief of staff because I knew I needed to get to know all 12 department heads. I needed to get to know all eight city councilors and uh, what their needs were, what made them tick, um, you know, what uh, issues they saw within the organization. That took a lot of time, just right out the gate. But I think it was really necessary to get that one-on-one time um, just to get to know each other and to start that dynamic. Uh, so that's really important. And then listen and you 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 can't underestimate the importance of listening, you know, and observing and just sitting back, um taking it all in, looking at how the organization functions today and then using everything you've learned about organizational leadership and um your gut plays a big role in it too. Um but then make changes. He he will make changes, but you know, my advice is to sort of weigh it out, watch, listen, Uh, and then decide where you're going to make some changes.
0: You also talk to a lot of business leaders. You talk to a lot of CEOs of really big companies, a lot of people who built their own companies. Um, What do you think is going to be uh, Paul Tenhaken's biggest challenge in terms of, I mean, he built a business, and by most standards, it's a decent-sized business, but it's not anywhere near the scope of city government. What do you think is going to be the biggest shocker? You, You talked about drinking from a fire hose, sure, But what do you think he's going to be most surprised with once he gets down working day to day?
3: Hmm. That's a great question. You know, I even think about it for myself in the context of going from being a business owner to if I had to go Mm -hmm. back into that environment where it is a lot different. You don't get to unilaterally make most decisions, you know, certainly not the big decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that you need to go a little bit slower. You need to be a little more deliberate. You need to make sure all the right people are in the room. You need to make sure everyone uh, that needs to hear about whatever it is is hearing about it. And uh, it's just a lot of bases to have covered that you're not used to working with uh, when you're running your own business. Yeah. And and you add into it this layer of you have a legislative body that you have to work with. So it's not just about getting all your departments on the same page. It's about uh, earning the buy-in of your uh, your legislative branch when you need it, and you, you need it more often than not. And then proactively telling your story publicly you know, through the channels available to you. Through the media, being responsive to the media, uh, and and you don't always see eye to eye. Things are always going to happen, um, but coming up with a framework that allows you to to pass information throughout the organization is huge. You know, it's it's a big organization, and it's complex, and there's information flowing and changing all of the time. And and I think there's some infrastructure that needs to be maybe built, maybe rebuilt. Mm-hmm. Um, just my initial sense um, for making sure that. Everybody knows what they need to know.
0: Yeah. Do you think you can reset a relationship with, say, the counselor? There's a bunch of new counselors and all that. Do you just, by nature of it, on day one, everything starts over?
3: I think that is just by nature of it what yeah. will happen. I absolutely think you can build a positive relationship. As I said, you're not going to agree on everything. But if you start with the right foundation, if you have the open door, if mm-hmm. you're committed to regular meetings, whether it's one-on-one with counselors or or on a recurring basis with the council leadership, uh, that's important. And, mm-hmm. you know, I hope that the council sees a role as a body for themselves in this process, too. You know, it, the relationship isn't a one-sided thing. Nope. Um, so hopefully, I, I had always hoped this, and I think our council got there. Um, it's a process. But Making sure that the house is in order uh, within the council is critical too. You know, making sure that people are are talking to each other, um, are respecting confidentiality when and where they need to. Um,
0: You can start spinning your wheels pretty fast if you lose that contact. Right. And it takes way too long and way too painful to get even the small things done after a
3: while. Right. And uh, you've got a lot of personalities there. That's a good (laughs) thing. Um, They're going to bring great diverse perspectives But sometimes, you know, getting everybody on the same page and talking to each other can be the biggest. Yeah. From my perspective,
0: it's always fun to watch a new counselor, a new council come in with new people because it shakes things up right away. And you don't know how things are going to fall out, but it's fun to watch.
3: And I think, you know, I haven't dug into the budget, but I've looked at it enough to get a sense that it's challenging. There are real limitations there. So I think it'll be. Uh, it won't be the type of environment where, we'll, where we will see a lot of big projects coming forward, right. you know, or things that can tend to create more controversy just because they are, you know, once in a decade, once in mm-hmm. two decade level decisions that just naturally, you know, lend themselves um, to a little more dialogue and uh, and sometimes a little more controversy. I, I don't think you're you're going to see a lot of huge initiatives, frankly, because there's not the capacity to do them. So, yeah. uh, they'll learn together. they will be pretty basic budgets. You know, they will be about moving us forward, maintaining what we have. Um, but I don't think that's a bad thing either. I, I think yeah. it'll give everybody a chance to, uh, to sort of get the hang of this.
0: We're going to come right back and talk more with Jody Schwan. She is the founder of Sioux Business. We're going to talk about business and development and, uh, We'll uh, come right back after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. <music> 435 on the Patrick Lally Show, information 1000 KSOO. And we continue our conversation here today with Jody Schwan. She's the founder of Falls.business and uh, the finest business and development retail uh, website, food and beverage restaurants, all of it. We talked a little bit about Flyboy Donuts opening up, Jody. Thank
3: you. Yes.
0: Uh, but there's a lot of restaurants. Oh, there's a
3: lot more openings, too. So uh, last week, again, Lake Lorraine, Kirkland's, uh, another national retail home decor store. I couldn't believe it. I went out there. They'd only been open an hour, and there was already a line to check out stretched around the store. You'd have You're thought it was me. Black Friday. No. So uh, Sioux Falls is loving that place. And so then, this place, though, Kirkland. Yeah. It's
0: it's home decor, but like, t- tell me about it, because I've never been to
3: one. Sure. Um, so... Picture, you know, home, a little bit of furniture, um, just home decorative Mm -hmm. things, you know, um, trying to think, lamps, different kinds of lighting. Uh Um,
0: So it's all home stuff pretty much?
3: I don't want to call them knickknacks because we don't really have knickknacks anymore, you know, but just like little accent type of pieces that you would put in the home.
0: Reasonably priced.
3: Yes, I okay. thought they were reasonably priced, um and yet really, uh they compared it to like the urban farmhouse movement, you know, to think about yeah. that um,
0: got it, yeah, so and Lake Lorraine's just been going nuts still.
3: Lake Lorraine has been doing great. I mean, when you think back to last fall when there were no national retailers out there, and now we've got a whole line of them with Hobby Lobby on one end, Kirkland's on the other, marshall's home goods dsw. Carter's and Ross. I mean, the big national names mm-hmm. that were not in Sioux Falls prior to last year. So next step out there for them is the smaller retail, regional, local, boutique retail, restaurants for sure, and hotels. Uh, a couple hotels we think are going to be under construction there this year.
0: Wow. That much left to develop out there. Yes,
3: and there's more land left. I mean, there will be more land sales out there.
0: That's wild because you know, I never really considered that to be that much land. But they, when you start stripping everything away mm-hmm, and some of the other stuff that was done out there. They've done a good
3: job with density. You know, they built yeah. up. And Capriati's Sandwich Shop is going in out there. So, yeah, we're far from done with Lake Lorraine.
0: The other thing that people are watching is the uh, former Braco. Uh, uh, right. Uh,
3: Turks and Caicos Turks Cabana and Grill.
0: Cabana. That's yes. the word I was going to Cabana Grill. So
3: that was our other opening last week. All of these. And, boy, did these guys do a great job. Um, we work with them. But uh, they have done just a tremendous job transforming Brocco into Cabana Grill. I think people are going to love it. Um, floor-to-ceiling renovation, everything is new. It looks lighter and more airy, has this classy, coastal, relaxed feel. And the menu is just outstanding. These guys really outdid themselves on the menu. So. A lot of seafood, um, but you can still get your tacos and flatbreads, great appetizers. Hey, should just share this with the whole listening audience that I ate octopus at a <laughs> Cabana Grill.
0: How was, how was your octopus experience? I am not experience? the most
3: adventurous eater, okay, and I still <laughs> ate it, and I would eat it again. Um, yeah, it's great. I mean, they, they did a really good job, um, you know, preparing a dish that someone like me would actually eat. So, and they have
0: a great Good cocktail menu. Yes, they have a fantastic Um, deck. That place was built right. The
3: deck is going to open here in the next couple weeks if we ever get patio weather again, (laughs) please. So um, just a really, really nice addition out there at Bridges. I know they're happy to get that open again. The neighborhood is excited for another place. So good job, Vanguard, guys. It'll be crowded for a while, but you can make reservations. Oh, cool. And
0: uh, the building down the street there is still empty. It used to be Stars. Yeah. Anything going in there? Any any word on that? You know, that?
3: there's been interest. I mean, people have looked at it, mm-hmm. and I'll, it's mostly restaurant again. So I would think that it'll it'll become something, but nothing done yet.
0: You know, the other thing I I've, I was going to mention this early on, I forgot. Since the last time you were here, you celebrated the first anniversary of Sioux Falls. Did Stop oh business.
3: my gosh, it's been that long since I've been here. Thank you. Yeah. Well, mid, congratulations. Mid March, it was a year in business for us. So that was exciting. Now we're we're going on 14 months here pretty soon
0: and and traffic oh yesterday
3: that's how fast it's gone 14 months wow yes we've had uh i hate to jinx this but we've had record months every month this year so every month has been better than the last since january and just had our best day ever last week i think it was yeah so really
0: and it's, it's been important crazy. To, it's important to point out i always do business. right no. .com it's just
3: sufall. It's dot a, a business. website
0: But the best way to follow probably is through social media or the newsletter.
3: Right. So we've got nearly 10,000 people following on Facebook, which is pretty exciting. Yes. So thanks, everybody, if you follow us on Facebook. We're on Twitter as well. And then, like you said, you can go to SiouxFalls.Business and you can sign up for a free email newsletter. It comes out twice a week and keeps you up to date in case you're not one of those people that keeps going to the website every day. Although we update it about... Lately, it's been more like eight to 10 times a day, but we, we go for at least six news stories a day, Monday through Friday.
0: Man, that's a lot. That's I a know, lot, right? <laughs> you <laughs> I mean, know that. <laughs> I, I'm just it's kind of lot. blown away by the volume. Um, what have you uh, learned that you didn't think? You've been in media a long time. You are in government, obviously, but you went into this space of independent online news source. And there's a lot of conversation about it now that you've been doing it a year. What is it about what you do that is any sort of lesson for the world of media?
3: That's a great question. Well, so I've had multiple surprises along the way. Um, But first being I really started it as a marketing company because I knew that there was a need for content marketing in this city Mm -hmm. um, and that businesses needed help with their content. I did not realize how much help they needed. (laughs) So uh, that demand has been significant. And then I really layered on the website as as an extra. To be honest with you, I mean, the more I started thinking through the model, and I thought, okay, I can do content marketing for businesses, and we can help populate their websites and their social media. But then we're kind of limited in who we can reach. And I had always been intrigued by what's called native advertising. It's a model for media, and native advertising and content marketing pair very well together. Um, and honestly. I like covering business news. So the more I thought about stepping away from that, I was kind of sad about it. And the community is doing such great things and such newsworthy things in business and development. So I thought, well, let's just try it. So we'll do some business news and we'll see um, if our clients are interested in putting these pieces on. And that was where it really just took off Mm -hmm. um, unbelievably fast, um, the number of businesses that signed on that want to work with us in one way or another. And the business model is, is really simple. I mean, most digital media sites use banner advertising and pop-up advertising, or they have you pay to read the content, mm-hmm. or on the videos you see pre-roll. We don't do any of that um, for a number of different reasons, but mostly that I, I built the whole thing with the, the end user in mind, with the user experience in mind. And so we're only paid content, and yet... Two-thirds of everything on our site is not paid. It's news that we report just like anybody else does. The other third is paid. And
0: that's the very interesting thing about it is if you're transparent with people, they they like the one third of page just as much as the two Well, they
3: do. And that's, that was always the goal. I mean, to be transparent, to say right off the top who was sponsoring the piece, but to make the topic in the presentation interesting enough that you wanted to read it anyway. Yeah. And people do.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Jody Schwan, she is the founder of Business. We'll come back just after this break and we'll talk more about what's going on in the world of business and development. Go with some big stuff. This is The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. 447 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Jody Schwan. She is founder of Sioux Falls.business. And we've talked about uh, the new administration, Merrill. We've talked about uh, restaurants and stuff and some other openings and closings. I am interested, though. You had a story on, I think it's today. I think it's up right now, on hotel occupancy numbers and the taxes that come from that. Tell us about that story, and and what does it mean?
3: Well, that's the big question. I mean, the numbers tell the story themselves in that they're down. I mean, our lodging tax was down 14% in the first quarter compared to last year. And so then the question becomes why. And in talking to tourism officials, you know, a few things came up. Uh, The weather, first of all, was Mm -hmm. terrible, and the ag economy, which I think we have seen play out in our sales tax now for a while. And it only makes sense that we would start to see it play out in our visitor numbers too. You know, the gas prices make me a little nervous. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody that I talked to said it's it's not seen as a, a detriment for summer travel. Um, but I know myself, I'm starting to just hear more conversation about it. So we'll see. Now, what was really interesting is that this happened, this decline happened during a time when we hosted the largest event in our city's history mm-hmm. from a convention standpoint, uh, Pheasant Fest, 28,000 people. And yet anecdotally, what we're hearing is that many of them drove hours back and forth. They came for multiple days, but they would rather drive for hours each way than stay overnight. What? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That seems crazy counterintuitive at the very least.
3: Right. Um, weather was okay. Of course, That we lucked out there and that the weather yeah. for that weekend in February was good. Um, but it was good enough that they thought, oh, it's not that far. We'll just drive it. Yeah, this is uh, Terry Schmidt from the CVB told me she knows of people who drove home 186 miles at night and came back in the morning.
0: Well, those people for are for just silly. <laughs>
3: Unfortunately, we didn't get to have dinner with them here. Our restaurants missed out on that and our hotels missed out on it. And, you know, so we, we didn't necessarily see the bump that we could have. But think about if we hadn't had it, what mm-hmm. would have happened? Because we still know that it filled a ton of rooms. Now, even more interesting, they pulled the comparative data from other communities as far as our occupancy. We typically would like to be in the low 60% for occupancy. We were at just under 54 Fargo 51, Omaha 49.4, Rapid City 38.7. Madison, Wisconsin was a little bit ahead of us at 55. But you can just see regionally this theme is continuing. Online sales, we still think, are part of it. Great example in the story, people shopping for prom dresses. You know, that used to be a weekend. Yeah. If you lived in a small town, you'd come to Sioux Falls, you'd... Buy the dress, but then you'd go to the restaurants, you'd go to a movie, you know, do everything that visitors do. Um, we think a lot of those are now selling online. So that's hopefully, very interesting. Yeah, it is. And it you know, it has uh implications for so many other businesses, which is another reason why we ran the piece. But hopefully things will be looking better here come um late summer, well, late spring, early summer, but there are some other events coming. Um, there are some conventions. There are some athletic tournaments. Those are huge for the city. But it just underscores why we, we have to keep adding amenities to draw people. We have to give them something different um, when they come to town.
0: The, uh, and the whole Garth Brooks, was that even in this year? That was last year, wasn't it? it was I can't last even remember. Year. But when you have those big events, are we seeing actual translation into increased sales tax? We talk about that all the time. But And not that we don't need an event center, because we do, but maybe that doesn't translate into as much public income as we think it might.
3: Well, I I know for me, maybe we're just sort of shifting dollars around. If I know there's a big event in town, I might be more likely to stay home, whereas yeah. before I would have gone out because I know it's going to be more crowded. So who knows? But, you know, when you look at downtown in particular and those downtown investments, it really shows why it's so important to – Keep investing in the arts. I mean, the Mm -hmm. arts are a huge draw for tourists. Sculpture Walk is different every year. It's a prime example. We could be doing more in the arts. Outdoor recreation, the greenway. Mm -hmm. um, I do think, you know, back on the city government topic here briefly, that you might see some movement for the greenway. It came up during the campaign. Um, So that's important. Continued development of the parks, both for visitors, for those tournaments. Um, The Levin Falls hopefully will help.
0: Yeah, there were a couple of big tournaments in town this weekend and. I you know, I don't pay that much attention, but I noticed the people. One was a soccer tournament, and one was a lacrosse tournament. And I only know that because there's people with lacrosse jerseys on everywhere. But those things really do because you're stuck here,
3: essentially. Mm-hmm. Even something like the Avera race. You know, we take it for granted because it happens every year. But mm-hmm. there are people coming in from everywhere, and I saw them shopping downtown and dining downtown. It, it gets people out of the house. so. The more destination events and attractions we can have, really, the better off I think we're going to be.
0: Downtown's got a big big year ahead of it, doesn't it, with the <gasps> yes. groundbreakings and everything that's going it's on down It's huge.
3: There. It's hard to keep up sometimes. And these are just the projects that are out there. But the now 15-story building going east of 10th and Phillips, yeah. um, that's another game changer for downtown. Two hotel brands. Hopefully we can share what they are soon. Multiple restaurants, retail. Then you talk about the um, rail yard area, Sioux Steel. I'm excited for Uptown. Very excited for the Cascade project. They've already got a wait list of people who want to live there.
0: Yeah, I saw that story you had. That was very interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're they're doing the hard work down there right now of pouring concrete. But that's really going to start to be visible here pretty soon.
3: Right. I mean, the fact that, you know, the structure's not even up and people are already on a list saying they want to live there next year. Yeah. They're going to have a lottery party this summer. That's
0: crazy. For the rentals. I mean, that is... I can't believe that. That's really good news actually for uptown and everybody and who lives all of down of downtown. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Jody Chuan, uh she is a frequent guest on this program. We're going to have to have her back more frequently than we have recently because there's just too much news to cover, Jody.
3: There's more coming, so anytime, you let me know.
0: Awesome. We'll be right back to finish up the show today and talk more about what we've got coming tomorrow. This is the Patrick Lally show, Information 1000, KSOO. 4.48, I've been messing up the time all day, 4.58 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and there is, the, you know it's spring, people, because the Canaries open on Friday. 7.05 p.m. at the Bird Cage. Canaries host the Chicago Dogs. It's a season home opener with fireworks after the game. Then on Saturday, they play at 6.05 against the Dogs. On Sunday, 105 at the Birdcage, Canaries, again with the dogs. It's Sunday, family fun day. Kids get a chance to run the bases and grab their favorite Canaries autograph following the game. So there you go. Summer days are here again. Coming up tomorrow on the show, Amy Scott Stoltz. She is with the League of Women Voters of South Dakota, and they have a new voter education project that's really cool. You're going to want to find out about that. Blogger Corey Heidelberger of Dakota Free Press will be here. We'll also talk about politics and maybe the Boon Man. We'll see. See you all tomorrow. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.